Welcome to the new Teacher Talk podcast. We are helping you find your passion, learn your craft, and share your successes. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> hey, everything's lovely. Lovely. Hey, you do know this is podcast number two zero. This is a milestone, number 20. This is a milestone. Wow. And this can I just ask you, Pablo, where, where are you at for this milestone? <laughs> so for this milestone, I am in South Carolina. So we're doing this podcast kind of simulcast, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Style. It's working. So it's working out. So we're going to have a good time. Uh, today's topic is conversations from ISTE number two, and we're focusing on first year ed tech advice. Yeah. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, before we jump in, uh, let's just yeah. ask our listeners to head over on to iTunes and give us a five star rating and review. Uh, we love the comments and feedback, and we've been very fortunate to have um, people stop by and give us encouragement and advice. And just uh, uh, it's good. We love the community that uh, we're seeing around the the topic of new teachers and new teacher support. So um, jump on in there and write us a write us a review and leave us a five star rating. We thank you for it. Yes, in advance. We'd love to have you. You ready to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first up, we have Diane, who is a learning innovation design director from Northern California. Let's hear what she has to say about first year EdTech advice. First of all, when you're new to teaching, there's so many new things that you're trying to, to, to like get into your head. And also the culture of your school is, is a whole science and study of itself. So my advice, I mean, you might already be really comfortable with some different technology or maybe you're really not comfortable with technology. Either way, you're going to hear about a lot of things. If you're, if you're paying attention, if you're looking to see what's new, what's cool, what's helpful, you will hear about so many new things. And just like those of us who do this for a living, you come to a conference, you hear about lots of stuff, you cannot do it all. You, can't, you, you can never do all of it, but you definitely can't do it all in your first year or your second year. You kind of pick and choose, like, what's gonna help me be more efficient right now? What is good for the students? Sometimes also, you try something and you say to the students, hey, we're trying this, and we may find that it's not the best fit, and that's okay. So really just model being willing to try stuff, but also balance. You don't have to do everything and you don't have to be like super tech person. And you know, you're not trying to impress anybody, you're just trying to get through that first year. So don't try to do everything, it's really okay. All right. Well, you know what I love about Diane's take on it is uh, the 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 mantra of you can't do it all. Um, and especially yeah, I love that, too. You know, she she dropped a, a little gem in there that I don't know if people really, really fully caught or fully understand. But she said it's a whole thing just to understand and learn the culture of the school. And she just like dropped it in one sentence and moved on. But really, when you're a new teacher, that also means you're at a new site. Um, so you're learning how people get along and all those relationships um, and kind of the social hierarchies um, for better or for worse that exist in the school. And so taking that pressure off and just saying you can't do it all in terms of this this uh, ed tech realm. And um, I think I think that that advice to to allow yourself, give yourself permission to simplify is just really, really on the money. What about you, Pablo? 
Yeah, one if I had to like sum it up in one word, I really like the word she used because it's really practical for life, and that was balance. Mm. Just be balanced and efficient and just try new things, but don't handle too much. Remember, this is your first year. Don't overload yourself and and really try to, you know, find your true north and consistently try to get back to being balanced. And I think that works for everything you're going to do um, in your first year as a new teacher. Yeah, I think this reminded me of a, a story I've told before. One of the tools that I used back in the day was AOL Instant Messenger to tutor students yeah. online uh, after school hours. And that was a good fit, a good tool for me because that one-on-one coaching was a passion area of mine. And so it was a good choice of a tool to implement early on in my teaching career uh, because it fit my passion. And I was also, I wasn't trying to do it all. I was just kind of picking that one because I I figured I would get the most benefit out of that. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right, let's uh, let's head on to our next interviewee. We had Brian, who is an instructional content coach from Texas. Let's listen to Brian. Listen to the students. Sometimes uh, when you talk about ed tech, we're a little bit fearful of what we know and what we don't know when it comes to use of technology inside of the classroom. But the the message needs to be, we need to meet our students where we, they are. And in order to do that, we have to use what they already are using when they are away from the classroom. Because when you think about it, when they come into your classroom, especially in high school, and you've got your SOLs on the board, your objections or whatever it is, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about that last tweet. They're thinking about that last snap. Is he going to like it? When is he going to respond? But we need to bring that into our classroom and use it and teach them, teach them how to use that in a meaningful way and not just necessarily for the teenage social way, I mean, which has value in itself, but don't be afraid to use that. But then you have to ask the students to teach you. But when you actually turn that and empower them with that voice and you actually use it, then you've just invested into that particular child and now they trust you with your learning as well. All right. You know, the one, yeah, go yes, ahead. <laughs> you know, the, the one thing that really stood out to me was just empowering students um, Love and that. meeting them where they are at. And what I, I really appreciate that from Brian is being equitable, just using what you have in the classroom at home with the students. It doesn't have to be one specific device or what have you. Um, and that empowers students and that empowers students to actually take you on their journey and start to teach you. I think you talked about that a little bit to them start being the instructor, the the kind of the leaders of their own learning. So that really stood out to me. And that was really powerful that it's true. We don't need to find a device for every student. We just need to find an avenue for them to learn in. Yeah, uh, well said. I think Brian, more than any of our interviewees, really was kind of like pushing almost a different paradigm. Like I I got kind of uncomfortable where he's like, meet them where they're at and use the social media uh, platform that they're uh, most comfortable with. But he's right. He's right. You can't fake a student out and say, you know what, 
whatever XYZ EdTech app is the greatest thing. They already know the greatest thing. It's in their on their smartphone in their pocket. It's the it's yeah. the app that means the most to them. It's Instagram or Snapchat or, or whatever it is. Um, so he is really pushing the envelope. And for me, I have to kind of take that to heart. And then um, but the good part, he, he he you're right. He does say if you do it right, students then invite you in on their learning journey instead of the other way around. Um, and there's the possibility that you can help them use those apps and those tools in a more mature manner, you know? Yeah, there is nothing more powerful. I mean, the conversations that you can have with a student who is coming up to show you something for the first time, and it's something that you are actually experiencing for the first time as well, and giving them, you know, their just due, their credit. You know, it's it's so... It's so cool when that those moments happen in your classroom, and they don't happen that often. Um, they and that's sad because they should happen more often. We should give students the opportunity to you know have those conversations, have those dialogues. Yeah, well said. Um, he actually made me think of the Socratic method: is when you yes. get these students engaged in showing you something, well, then you have the opportunity to ask these you know uh, helpful. Uh, reflective questions where you're really not doing any instructing. You're just uh, playing the role of Socrates and just ask them, well, how does that work? Or in terms of social media, how does that affect you and your friends? Why do you think it it affects you like that? Uh, how does that matter in the long run? You know, things like that. So, yeah. So cool. So cool. So we have a li- our next three people that we're going to focus on here. Uh, do you want to talk about how we got their responses for uh, EdTech advice? Yeah, so um, we actually put out um, into the the Twitter sphere um, a request for people who are at SD or not at SD to to submit some some info on first year ed tech advice. So it's really cool. We had uh, three people come through: uh, Carissa, Valerie, and Stacy. Actually, Valerie, I I saw her at the conference. Uh, but I didn't actually ask her in person. I think I asked her over Twitter. But yeah, so we have uh, some great input from other people uh, that we just reached out to through Twitter. Yeah, I just want to say it was just really neat in our inbox to see uh, just over a course of a week or a few days to get these get those responses from. It was nice. It was like a little treat. Um, uh, <laughs> it, it was just exciting to me, anyways. But uh, so let's hear from Carissa, who is a high school humanities teacher in California. My name is Carissa Duran, and I have been teaching high school humanities at a one-to-one iPad school, delivering almost 100% of my curriculum digitally for the past five years. These are the major lessons I've learned to help me do that successfully and minimize technology-related stress. First, technology is a tool and not the content, unless, of course, you're teaching computer science. Um, So don't spend more time teaching students to use a specific app than you do teaching them the content itself. Remember, it is okay to tell students to make a video without giving them a two-hour lesson on some specific video-making app. Sometimes just telling them, okay, go, and allowing them to make it happen on their own provides more learning opportunities than actually going through and detailing it step-by-step. Number two, not everyone knows how to use technology, especially not for learning. Um, So if the use of technology is going to be a routine in your classroom, take some time to teach students what it means to be a learner. Um, to question everything, to work through problems, to consider failures, opportunities to learn more, and then 
teach them how technology is simply a means to that end. And finally, remind yourself that technology is just a tool and tools do fail. So always have a backup plan. Have a what to do when the network is overloaded plan, a way to access materials when the website isn't loading plan, and especially a how to give students a great learning experience when they don't have a computer at home plan. All right, thanks, Carissa, for that input. Um, I, I loved what you had to say, and uh, I appreciated the, the organized format of delivery. And um, I, I do think that sometimes we 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 want to be perfect, you know, and we want as the educators, we want to hold that place in the classroom of knowing it all and being the expert in whatever it is, our content for sure, but also it creeps over into the ed tech space. And sometimes we think that we have to have the um, the perfect working knowledge of the tool or their app. And often we run the risk of slowing students down because we're taking instructional time away from uh, teaching the content to focus on making sure everybody's up to the same speed in terms of using the technology or the app. So that that was one of my takeaways is, is don't end up uh, using more time on the technology than you are on the content. And there's a simple word from this, and I think we heard it from Diane, and it's balance, is just make sure yeah. that you stay in balance. Pablo? Yeah, um, I liked how she spoke about if you're going to teach some of the tech, it's important that it it, it kind of lends itself to the routines that you have in your classroom currently. And then it still isn't consistently on the tech. It's more on how to be a learner with the tech. So I, I really mm. appreciated that. And the, the last thing was that tools do fail mm. and you should have a backup plan. And in my class, I know that I always had at least a loose plan in case the Wi-Fi went down or certain machines were picking up a file or whatever the, the case may be. It's super important to just allow your kids to be able to know that. Um, and it's okay to allow them to see you struggle, especially if you're leading a lecture or what have you, but also allow them to see, uh, allow them to struggle within the technology itself because it's never going to be perfect. It's not always going to work. And they need practice with that. They need reps on that as well. Yeah. Yeah, well said. All right, up next, we have Valerie, an assistant principal from Georgia. So let's listen to Valerie. EdTech advice that I have for a first-year teacher, try not to use every tool and overwhelm yourself and your students. Pick one or two things, use them very well, have a strategic plan or goal for implementing those tools. Make sure your students understand why you're using those tools and how to use those tools so that you guys can measure your progress throughout the year, first semester, going into second semester and culminating at the end. So once again, try not to bombard yourself with a whole list of tools to implement. Just start small. All right. Thanks, Valerie. We appreciate that. So um, similar. I think Diane must have hit it out of the park because like <laughs> Diane, um, she talked about uh, or sorry, Valerie, like Diane and Valerie, like um, Carissa spoke about it just being a tool, but moved on very quickly and talked about having a, a, strate a strategic plan or goal 
um, almost like staggering and scaffolding the technology. Don't just lay it on them all at one time. That is never a, a good measure for success. It's it's not going to happen. Uh, you do need to allow students to work through the technology as much as they are. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the word, but I don't mind saying it. Digital natives and, you know, they're just born with it kind of thing. It doesn't mean they know how to learn with the technology. So they do need time and reps with the tech. And so we do need to stagger and build just like anything else that we do in education to allow students to learn properly. Yeah, well said. Well said. Um, uh, with Valerie, I took away uh, three C's. Um, choose the tool, commit mm. to using it well and communicate its purpose. And right. so if you kind of keep those in mind and it also it, it kind of made me um like think about her role. She's shifting into an assistant principal or administrative role. And I thought, gosh, that's, that's something that we could take away too. Um, in our roles as district, um, district personnel is that communication of why, uh, why we're using this tool. What's the purpose that really helps. Um, I think in my past, I probably have been more fly by the seat of my pants and Hey, let's try this. It's creative. I was like going for the novelty to bring the engagement, um, and I could have used Valerie's words um, probably in, uh, on a few occasions to help me uh, just kind of shore up that communication about why we're doing that. Um, and I love the, the fact that she pointed out and it resonates with some of the other uh, guests. Start small. Uh, there's no need to kill <laughs> kill it on day one with, you know, every app known to known to uh, humankind. And a good. No, absolutely. Well stated. It's a good thing to remember that. Even when you start small, it doesn't mean just utilize the tool, in this case, one time. I mean, I've said it a couple of times now. They do need reps on a specific tool. Just because maybe you're not fascinated anymore with it as a teacher. And it's okay to actually abandon, too. That That's fine if you feel like it's not going to work for your students. But if you're going to use it, you, you find it's going to be an effective tool. you got to give it time, and you have to have your students. Uh, you have to give their students time with that tool. So... Yeah. Um, well said. Well said. Let's let's move on to our last interviewee, our last call in, and that is Stacy, a teacher in Santa Ana. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Wes and Pablo, thanks for asking. Um, I'm currently in London. Uh, Greg and I are cycling around the UK, and sadly, it's going to be an end. But um, my one piece of advice for first year teachers regarding ed tech is think of improv and say yes. Say yes and instead of no but, and the sky's the limit. Uh, the learning will come easily if your mind is open and you think innovation, I'm in the city of innovation. I cannot tell you how many new places are opening up and, and new ideas are always embraced. And what should take years takes months to get going here because um, people just think everything's possible. So yes and. And the sky's limit. London is straight out of Wes's playbook, let me tell you. All right. So uh, I had the privilege in my career of working with Stacy, and um, I love her. Uh, it's almost like um, her focus on mindset of yes and just just go for it. Don't don't trip yourself out. Don't overthink it. Um, and really believe that your your decisions and your attitude 
can um, kind of open those possibilities to anything is possible. And like I, I just have the privilege of see her work. Um, and I know that she's um, a, a great educator who can just bring all sorts of goodness into being through that um, that yes and attitude. So it's it's really true. Uh, that was a, a very honest uh, 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 comment from her commentary from her. Yeah, I loved how she said, think improv like, yeah, yeah, that just says it all like be ready for anything. And this is a great way to finish. I, I really think so that you just should. You just should try anything and everything with the yes and model. And again, what we talked about just a second ago, abandon if you need to, but don't be afraid to try that tool that you're nervous about or not so sure about, or just get support, whether it be from your school site, district coaching, and or support um, support staff, or look at the district level to see if you can get some um, specific training on that. So you feel more comfortable and, it, and it's OK to feel comfortable and say, yes, not maybe yes and but yes, but I'm going to need a little bit more time, <laughs> but still just still keep it moving forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So and please it, help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. And please, please always works out. <laughs> You know, a couple of these uh, these characters, um, I really thank them for contributing uh, these these ideas and concepts. Um, a couple of them, their their Twitter bylines, like yeah. kind of kind of encapsulate their advice. Like uh, Stacy says in part, um, "risk adverse thrill seeker." So she's like out there on the edge, but she's not trying it. to take every risk in the book. Um, and then Brian says something like, "Make learning addicting." You know, and I think he was like talking about, you know, getting into the kid space and really like almost from a um, like a software developer point of view is like find out what the <laughs> user wants and then uh, just yeah. just go for it. And then you'll you'll get them addicted to learning. Uh, yeah, so good sales. Get that sales going. Yeah. Really good people. Really good people. I did. Uh, so the ones that we requested out on social media and we asked for video and or audio clips. And I love how and I love the, the, just the opportunity to listen to all of them. But I love Stacy, how she sent us a video. And where was she, Wes? <laughs> she was in London. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a really good view. Um, but anyways, yeah. Bonus well, points. Wes? Bonus points for tying yeah. in her answer to her location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did. An innovative place. Let's yeah. just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, good show, Wes. Yeah, good job, Pablo. Uh, don't forget, everybody, to catch us on all our socials, Pablo and Wes. And uh, you can also visit PabloandWes.com to catch up with us. Yeah, and follow us on Twitter because we will be uh, – I really like this flavor of getting other voices on, on the podcast. And we'll be doing that yes. from time to time as just tweet out a question and get some guest voices in. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Until next time, we are out. All right. Bye. Connect with us on social media at Pablo and Wes. On Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and all the podcast places on the web like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Overcast. And remember to get your free special gift at pabloandwest.com slash gift. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>